Hello and welcome to the Cardiovascular Digital Health Journal podcast. My name is Dr. Jaime Gambari. I am the deputy editor of the Cardiovascular Digital Health Journal. And my guest today is Dr. Christophe Olivier, uh, who is the author of a very interesting paper published in the April issue of the journal called Why Digital Health Trials Can Fail, Lessons from a Randomized Trial of Health Coaching and Virtual Rehab Trial. Welcome, Christoph. Um, thanks for being here with me. So first off, Christoph, if you could uh, maybe just uh, tell me and the audience a little bit about yourself as a clinician and a researcher and how you kind of got inspired to do this work. Thanks, Hamid. Thanks for, for having me. I'm Christoph Olivier, and I'm an assistant professor at Freiburg University in Germany. And I'm an attending physician at the Heart Center Freiburg University, where I also run the clinical trials unit. So prior to this position, I was at Stanford University School of Medicine for a postdoctoral research fellowship at the Stanford Center for Clinical Research and the Center for Digital Health, where I worked with Ken Mahaffey and Mintu Turakia. So when I first chatted with Mintu Turakia, who is the executive director of the Center for Digital Health at Stanford University, we discussed differences between healthcare systems and how healthcare is delivered in Germany and in the US. So we also talked about the differences of cardiac rehabilitation delivered to the patient, for example, following myocardial infarction or for patients with coronary artery disease undergoing coronary stenting. And we both found that mobile techniques may be a great opportunity to make cardiac rehabilitation more accessible to these patients. And we, we also agreed that um, patient engagement is critical, especially for prevention as primary and secondary prevention. So instead of using simple text reminders for, to remind patients for medication intake, we thought that it could be helpful to have a smartphone app included to guide cardiac rehabilitation on all areas, but also include a human interface to really engage with the patient and keep them aboard. And so there was um, that company located in the Silicon Valley that exactly provided these features, an app enabling for virtual cardiac rehabilitation and personal health coaching. So we came together and decided that we would test such intervention in a randomized control trial. Wonderful. Wonderful that, uh, for that great background of your work. It certainly doesn't seem like easy work. Um, for, so for our audience, can you uh, give us a brief overview of your paper and your major findings? Sure. So um, we performed this trial to um, evaluate the efficacy of a blended intervention with custom-designed mobile applications and personalized health coaching to improve adherence to cardiovascular medications and to improve risk factors. So unfortunately, the trial was terminated early and we were not able to draw any meaningful conclusions regarding the trial objectives. However, we thought that there were important lessons that we learned and we wanted to share with the community. So we performed a root cause analysis and we identified important and preventable factors leading to failure to achieve trial objectives. So that were key factors that limited enrollment, for example, inclusion criteria, low penetration with compatible smartphones, 
participant retention or engagement. So this might be due to poor app product, insufficient technology support, and suboptimal choice of the technology partner. And this refers to the technology startup inexperience in healthcare, poor product design, and inadequate fundraising. So we found that these factors may be common across digital health trials and may explain prior observations that many such trials are never completed. And careful vetting of technology partners and more pragmatic study designs may prevent these missteps. So we hope that these lessons may help others and that this helps to move the field forward. Yeah, certainly your work is, is very courageous because in, in academia, um, we often don't want to talk about when things don't work out the way we plan them to from the beginning. In my experience, this is probably much more important than, than talking about what has worked because as we engage with more startups, this kind of issues keep on coming up because there's so many failure points that we have to think about ahead of time where in a traditional trial, we, we never had to think about them. So I wanted to ask you um, from going through this, what are your thoughts, tips that you would give to an up and coming, either a startup or, or a clinician a scientist who wants to design a trial looking at a digital health intervention? What are the things that you would have to think about ahead of time that you wouldn't normally think about and how would one go about best to de-risk a trial like this? So I think we, we learned many things from this trial and um, I think careful vetting of um, technology partners is um, very essential. And also ensure fundraising is sufficient for clinical trial costs from the technology partner. And I also think startup needs some experience with healthcare. So really make sure you have a person aboard with medical background, a chief medical officer, because if you want to get into the market, you need to improve outcomes or reduce costs. But I think it is fundamental to understand healthcare and how healthcare is delivered to our patients. And you certainly, what, what we realized, you certainly need to have sufficient technical support for your intervention and also realize and acknowledge the differences between conventional drug or device trials and um, digital health trials with an app. And while the drug tested will not change during the trial, your app will probably have malfunctions and needs to be adapted. So this is a dynamic intervention and our experience with that is, um, is very limited. What are your thoughts about enrollment in digital trials? Oftentimes the, the enrollment criteria and process is very different for a digital health intervention. How should we think about risk involved with enrollment uh, in trials like this? I think what well, we realized that there, what our numbers showed us regarding enrollment and also retention, that there are still some reservations regarding digital health interventions. Um, but I also, also think that um, digital health interventions may give us some opportunities because they fall within Sometimes or many interventions may fall within the range of what is standard of care or might be interpretable as, as a standard of care and, and might be applicable to cluster randomization. And so you might be able to apply these um, 
trial designs, which wouldn't be um, feasible for other pharmaceutical interventions, for example. So for I think sure. there are challenges, but also opportunities. Um, I, I, I love your point um, about thinking about retention and, and potential opportunities that would 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 help with the retention of subjects as well, because it's what we are seeing is that a lot of times people are capable of recruiting patients in these trials, but then there's a significant drop off, and as people don't engage with the platform as before. Do you think that this is a job of a clinician scientist to think about this, or this is more in the realm of the startup or the company or the software developers who are developing these interventions? I think all the members of the team needs to be involved in that. So what, what my impression was that healthcare is about trust. So if you can find a way to deliver technical support and the customer or the patient is dealing with technical issues and how will these patients trust you with your health? So you you really need to create that trust from all the team members to deliver healthcare to the patients. Yeah, and certainly I think thinking about trust and establishing it early on, even in the testing stage is, is very important. And I'm glad that you brought that up. So tell me a little bit about um, the potential of these kind of interventions, if you can actually succeed in, in, in conducting a clinical trial like this. Um, how should we think about these digital therapeutic type trials being part of the regular landscape of care in the near future? I think there is a huge potential to deliver these this type of healthcare. Um, I, I, I saw the approach with the human interface and involved like um, a personal coach. I think it's a, it's a promising approach. Unfortunately, we were not able to, to test it definitely. Um, and the main issue I think was here also technical support that the health coach wasn't really able to deliver the coaching that she was supposed to deliver because um, she was fighting over technical issues so with the patient and provide essentially technical support, which wasn't her job. So she couldn't deliver the intervention effect effectively. So, um, and I think there, I think that can be something that also gives trust if a human is aboard and there is a human interface. So I think that's an important point. And um, I think that that's a perspective for these kind of interventions. Yeah, definitely. Now, if you could go back in time, if you have a time machine, could go back in time and had to do the study again, uh, how would you do things differently, do you think? I would probably um, take more care with the rigorous evaluation of the, of the technology partner. Um, I would probably would prefer to make it big than make it small. So we performed a single center trial, but probably a cluster randomization with several centers would be um, the preferable approach, but um, you know that it's always a challenge to acquire funding, and um, yeah, that's that's also the problem to make things to keep things feasible. Yeah. 
And oftentimes I wish that we could go back and do things over again. But your your paper actually highlights uh, a, a postmortem of, of a study that didn't go as planned. It's this kind of analysis is very common in in industry, right? Postmortems are often more important than premortems in many projects. Uh, so, what do you think that we don't do this more often in in when we're thinking about trials? I, you don't often hear or see papers like yours in in journals that we read. Why do you think that is? And and how can we mitigate that? Because there's certainly very, very important lessons that we can glean from looking at um, our failures. So that so uh, that that's very interesting. And um, so we use that um, five wise technique for a root cause analysis. So this um, approach or originates from the car industry for problem solving, and it was so successful because simply by asking why did something happen over and over again really helps you to get to the bottom of the problem and potentially solve it in the future. But to answer your question, I think it would be phenomenal if we found more papers addressing lessons to be learned and if we can find a way to make this more than anecdotal and analyze in a structured way, I think it can help the community and the field to move Forward. So yes, I think these papers are helpful, and um, I think um, we also have an ethical obligation to publish results, although there are so-called negative or neutral or inconclusive. But I think if we involve life or human life or life in general, um, we need to publish these results. And um, if if something did not go the way it was planned and um, we can learn some lessons and um, give them to the community. And um, I think that that could help everybody and that is the least we can do. Fantastic. So what is next for uh, Christophe uh, Olivier and SmartGuide trial? So, Where do you um, go from here? Exactly. So. Um, after my postdoctoral research fellowship at Stanford, um, I am now back at my home institution here in Freiburg. So I'm establishing a cardiovascular digital health center here at Freiburg. And um, we're looking into opportunities for testing digital health interventions. Well, fantastic. Um, certainly, you are the profile of the kind of a, um, clinician scientists that we want to reach out to from cardiovascular digital health journal your work is super important and interesting and we hope to see much much more of this kind of work in our journal because i think a lot of journals ignore this kind of post-mortem analysis so we're excited um, to kind of lead a charge in publishing this kind of trials and this kind of papers um, are there any parting thoughts um, tips um, that you want to leave our audience with uh, going forward here? I think um, digital health trials um, are a great opportunity, and I think there are some similarities between conventional pharmaceutical or device trials and some differences. And um, I think if you're thinking about launching a digital health trial, have in mind to have a team aboard from traditional 
maybe a, a person that is experienced with conventional trials, a trial list, and um, tech people, obviously. So a good mix of people from every every area. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, uh, Christoph, for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, we are excited to see your career develop and hope to see many, many more papers coming out of your lab in Freiburg. Thanks for we look forward to our next conversation where we talk about the next trial that you publish. Looking very much forward, Hamid. Wonderful. Thanks, thanks for having me.